to the Cultivating Calmness podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about PTSD. My name is Kayla Vance, and I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor located in Dublin, Ohio, and I wanted to thank you for joining me today. Uh, for those of you who are new, I just like talking a little bit about different mental health topics, and I talk a lot about grief and trauma as those are my focus areas in my practice and uh, overall a holistic, I take a holistic wellness approach to counseling, meaning I want to understand you as a whole person, not just your mental health and um, you know the things that are going on with you that we would relate specifically to mental health, you know, depression, anxiety, anger, trauma, and those types of things, but how your body and how the rest of your life and all the things you're doing in your life affect your mental health and vice versa. So uh, that's ten. That's what I typically do in my practice, and that's what I like to talk about uh, in my podcast. So today, um, for PTSD, I just want to talk a little bit about it. I'm not going to go into a whole ton of detail, but I really like get. Um, I really like to talk about visuals and ways to think about PTSD that maybe you haven't thought about in the past. Um, so. You other clinicians may have already heard about these um, and they may use them. And if you haven't, um, well, here's another way to think about it. I know as a clinician that I'm always learning new ways to think about all the things that I do. And it's really helpful to hear and learn, learn new things from other professionals. So um, what is PTSD? Well, PTSD is defined as post-traumatic stress disorder. That's what the letters stand for. So it's easier to use the four letters. Um, and basically it is where somebody has been exposed to or experienced a traumatic event and has caused a series of symptoms to occur that usually last a certain amount of time um, or a minimum of a certain amount of time, usually like three to six months or longer following what they, the person, has identified as a traumatic event. Um, so when PTSD was first uh, created or you know, diagnosable, um, it, it was thought that it was only related to veterans who had been in war, um, and they used to call that shell shock, right? So they had experienced war and all the things that that entails, um, and were coming home having to deal with having to deal with that but what they realized was that many other people were also experiencing symptoms of what they were now calling PTSD um, and so those they um, realized that anybody could really experience PTSD and so what I said before was that it, it's a traumatic event that is unique to you as a person um, so I work with trauma and I have definitely talked with people who will say, well, I don't have any trauma. And I say, that's great. Um, and you, but maybe your symptoms would tell me otherwise, the things that you're going through or the way that you perceive life, your negative cognitions, your negative thoughts, the way you think about life, um, would maybe indicate to me that there is some kind of trauma. Now that doesn't mean that you have been to war, um, or that you have experienced something big, bad, and ugly. So I often ask people, you know, when you think of trauma, what do you think of? The common things that most people think of, and you're probably thinking them yourself right now, would be uh, things like car accidents, terrorist attacks, school shootings, 
um, war, um, you know, things of that nature are usually viewed as pretty traumatic events. But then we have other events, other things that are traumatic. So we have, you know, child abuse, physical abuse, domestic violence, bullying, um, just even, you know, if we think smaller, you know, what may seem small to us, you know, maybe somebody looking in, um, may not be small to that person. And so that's why I say it's an individual and unique experience. So maybe your trauma is standing in front of the class and giving a speech and maybe your fly was open and your under your, you know, pink butterfly underwear was showing to the whole class. Um, and that was maybe the worst experience of your life. Uh, and you carry that with you. And, and you then from that point on, can't present in front of people, don't want to, you know, talk in front of people, don't like crowds, you may be experiencing PTSD from that alone. Now, maybe less common, um, but it's possible. So we can all have traumatic responses to big and small life events. Some of the things that may lead to a diagnosis of PTSD, um, maybe it's, we think about like what the event was, right? What was the intensity of the event? You know, how big was it for you? Um, what was your level of like association or closeness to said event? You know, were you directly involved? Were you a witness? You know, were you driving by the accident that you saw? Did you see the accident happen, but you weren't involved in it? Um, or, you know, we recent, um, you know, we have like terrorist attacks, you know, September 11th is one that um, we recently celebrated um, you know, the anniversary of and that, you know, a very small number of Americans, you actually experienced that, you know, had someone directly involved in the terrorist attack, but we as a nation experienced like that secondary, you know, kind of trauma where we've, you know, we witnessed it on the TV. We heard the stories. We, you know, every year it's brought up. And although we may not have known somebody who was affected by it, we still have that, maybe we have a response to it. Um, and so like, you can have a response like that. Maybe you're not directly involved, but you hear it. As a therapist, you know, I hear people's stories uh, all the time. And so as therapists, we have to be able to talk about those things and deal with those traumas and secondary traumas that we may be experiencing because of the things that we hear. And so um, you can experience trauma in any kind of way. And so, um, right, like the level of closeness you have to the incident, um, maybe the level of control you had during the event and whatever happened. Uh, or having a general lack of support. So if say you had a lot of support and you were able to talk about it and people were able to help you and maybe you didn't see a therapist, uh, but you were able to get through whatever that incident was um, and not feel like you needed to talk to someone and don't experience symptoms of PTSD, you know, that level of support may have been a big factor in maybe the reason why you didn't experience PTSD. Um, but all of those things are things to consider in how maybe a diagnosis of PTSD can come to be. Um, 
But before I kind of go over some of the symptoms, one of the analogies that I like to share when I talk about trauma and PTSD is I like to um, I like to bring up the analogy of a car accident. It seems it's one of the better uh, analogies that I've seen and it's pretty easy to talk about. And so if you've been in a car accident, this is triggering, this may be something to you know, um, be prepared for to hear. I'm not gonna go into any graphic detail or anything like that, but um, as we know, when we're dealing with PTSD, we're dealing with trauma, uh, it can be hard to hear reminders of certain of the events that have caused our trauma to begin with. So before I get started, I'm gonna need to take a drink. Uh, okay, so think about a car accident. Let's say we have a four passenger car, okay? And there are you know four people in each of the main seats and you get into a pretty bad car accident. You know, the car is mangled, people are injured, freeways shut down, you know, um, there's, look, there's crowd, there's cars, there's onlookers, there's paramedics and firemen and policemen and, you know, all kinds of things are happening. Okay. So we kind of have a visual, maybe an image of, uh, of this accident, this pretend accident. Okay. So when we think about PTSD or trauma, we're thinking about what the experience was like for each of the people involved. So let's say the driver of the accident, the worst part for them was maybe the actual impact. Okay. So it was, you know, hitting the car in front of them and like that accident and what happened right there. And so maybe their reaction following the accident is that they may have difficulty driving. Maybe they, uh, they see the brake lights or they, you know, hear noises and they react and they just find it incredibly difficult to get on the road and drive because that fear is initiated in their system and causes them to feel like it's going to happen again, right? Uh, maybe the you know, passenger is the worst part for them was that they got, you know, pretty badly injured and maybe they're a big, you know, football star at school and their leg has been broken and mangled and they're no longer able to play football. And so maybe it's not the injury itself, but it's the aftermath of the injury that's the worst part for them. Like, who cares? I was in an accident. No big, you know, no big deal. Uh, I got out, but my leg is ruin and I'm never going to be able to play football again. And it was my dream to play in the NFL, right? So for them, like that is the most traumatic part. That's the part that they're going to have to get over and, you know, move through and process. Let's say one of the people in the back, maybe they're injured. Let's say it's a smaller child, for example. Um, and for the worst part for them isn't the impact, isn't, you know, seeing people injured, isn't seeing that they're injured. It's, the chaos. It's, where's my mom? Where is everybody? Uh, the sirens and the noise and all the people. And I don't know where my mom is and why are they taking me to the ambulance and who are you and what's going on? And it's, you know, not being in any control of the situation and being scared and maybe being hurt and all of these things and not having answers, right? That maybe for them is the worst part of the accident. And maybe the fourth person in the car, you know, maybe they were injured, maybe they weren't, you know, um, yep, they were all, they were in the same accident, they experienced it, they had the like going forward, coming back and uh, all of that. And, you know, they may tell you like, honestly, nothing's wrong. And maybe months and years down the road, they can still say that, nope, that, you know, I was in that accident and I remember it and yeah, it kind of sucked, but 
I'm okay. Like nothing really bothered me. And um, we hope that that's true. Um, and so I just like to share that and that it gives you an idea of you know, trying to understand people when they've been through trauma and they have a diagnosis of PTSD that we don't always know what it is that has bothered them or what the trauma is that they have been through um, unless they tell us. You know, just because somebody was sexually abused, for example, I saw this a lot in, you know, I see this a lot in working with children who have been sexually abused that, you know, as a parent, maybe you think that the, the act, right, the, the abuse itself was the worst part. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes that's, that's not what they're worried about. That's not the piece that stands out for that child. It's, you know, the way my mom reacted when I told her. You know, it's the how many times I had to tell my story over and over and over again. It's uh, people didn't believe me. Uh, you know, it's different pieces and parts. And so when you work with somebody with trauma, when you have a friend or a family member who has experienced something that they identify as a traumatic experience or something that was hard for them, I want you to think about like, what was the worst part for them? Not for you, not the person hearing the story, making an assumption that you know what the worst part was. No, what was the worst part for them? And how can I help them through that experience? Um, or just, you know, empathizing with them through that experience and being them for them instead of assuming that you know exactly what they went through um, because you think you know what the worst part was. Um, so I like to use that, uh, call it the car accident analogy. Um, and feel free to, you know, use that or, uh, to explain PTSD or trauma to other people. Um, and so that kind of leads into, uh, you, you've had the accident, you've had the, the, the thing, the traumatic event and what really gets you a diagnosis of PTSD. Well, it's a series, it's a grouping of symptoms where you don't have to have all the symptoms um, and every individual is different, um, but a majority, a, a decent amount of these symptoms have to be present to get a diagnosis of PTSD. So some common symptoms um, that we see in people with a diagnosis of PTSD would be uh, like flashbacks. So flashbacks are, it's like reliving an experience um, and feeling like you're actually there when you're not like, yeah, I'm sitting in math class, but I feel like I've just been in the, you know, I'm in the accident. I'm here right now and I'm feeling this sense of terror and I'm hearing all the sounds and I'm seeing all the things, but I'm nowhere near the accident. I'm sitting in math class. Um, and that can be pretty terrifying for somebody when they're not expecting to have that happen and they're reliving an experience again that they would rather forget. Um, you know, being easily startled, so that jumpy, right? Like, you know, you walk in a room and they jump out of their skin, you know, they weren't expecting it or hearing a noise um, that they weren't expecting. You know, you often hear about this with veterans um, around the 4th of July. Uh, you know, fireworks, the big booms, the things going off can be very triggering experience um, for people who have been in wartime uh, situations and experiences where those are some of those um, senses and experiences that they hold on to and that are difficult to regulate their nervous systems with and, um, are part of their maybe PTSD or, you know, maybe they have those symptoms, but not a diagnosis of PTSD. Um, you know, 
fireworks and unexpected um, can be very difficult. So those that easily be easily startled and that startle response is a common symptom. Being hypervigilant, so that's like needing to be aware. I need to know what's going on around me, in front of me, what's going on every day. I want to know what's next, what's next, what's next, what's coming. You know, there's all kinds of ways we can be hypervigilant and aware, uh, but being hypervigilant and aware is another common symptom. Difficulty sleeping, nightmares, tossing and turning, um, like um, night terrors, panic attacks, isolating from other people because you know maybe it's the symptoms that isolate you maybe you just don't want to burden other people with what you're experiencing so you stay away having like feelings of numbness whether that's physical numbness or an emotional numbness like i just can't i don't feel anything visualizing it's kind of like a flashback but like having pictures or images that are intrusive in nature and they are, are coming into your mind and you don't want them there but they're there anyway um, like avoidance so you may avoid people person you know people places things sights sounds smells that remind you of your incident um, and this happens a lot with people who have experienced trauma because they don't want to relive the trauma and they don't want those images in their mind so if I can avoid it and I can prevent it I'm going to do all that I can to do that um, irritability and anger are big ones so you know, seem to be out of nowhere or all the time or just kind of flip that switch. One day, one moment I'm fine, the next I'm angry. Something has triggered that response in me and caused me to react in that way. Um, I'm trying to think what I have forgotten. Um, sometimes like, uh, like tearfulness, crying for no reason or what seems to be for no reason for us. And even the person who's experiencing it may feel like, I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm crying. Um, Sometimes they have difficulty remembering parts of the event. So somebody with PTSD may remember some, but not all pieces. Um, so that can be a factor. Um, and then that can lead to those negative core beliefs. So, uh, you know, I'm bad, it's my fault, I should have done something, nobody loves me, uh, I'm unlovable. Those types of things can happen from a traumatic event um, along with all the other symptoms that they experience. So I think I got a lot of them. Um, and those are, you know, so if you know somebody who's experienced something traumatic, those would be some of the symptoms to look out for um, and encouraging them to reach out for help to talk to somebody because it can be a very debilitating experience to have to go through alone. And there is help. There's lots of different types of treatment out there, which we can definitely talk about in another podcast because I'm sure I could talk about this for a very long time. Um, but lots of help out there for people experiencing and who have gone through trauma and have a diagnosis of PTSD. So um, one of the last analogies I'll share with you as it relates to PTSD um, and the symptoms and how we move into treatment is I use the closet analogy. So I don't have a picture. So if you're watching, you're not, you know, if you're not watching, you're not missing anything. Um, but picture, you know, I want you to picture like a terribly messy closet. Maybe it's one of those closets, like a hall closet that the door, you know, can't even close. It's just like packed full of stuff. And like, if you open it, you're like always afraid something's going to like fall out on you or you're always shoving things in and you know, nothing ever stays in place because the closet is just jam packed full of your stuff. So when we treat PTSD, what we're trying to do is we're trying to clean out the closet. Um, and in some cases that means we get rid of stuff, right? 
Uh, but oftentimes with PTSD, we, we can't take away your memory. I can't make the memory go away. I would love to, I would love to make that easier for you. I can't do that. Um, but what I hope to be able to help you with is to help make that experience a little easier for you um, so that it doesn't hold that same emotional intensity as it did before, right? So that you're not having all of those symptoms. You can heal from PTSD. It does take work and it does take time because you have to learn how to work through the events, what's causing those triggers and what's going on. So what when we think about that, it's like the, it's like the closet. So, you know, we want to take everything out of the closet. We want to take all of the things out and address them, look at them, um, analyze them, talk about them. And then we want to fold them up, put them in their proper place. Like if it's in a box, we put it in a box. If it goes on a hanger, we put it on a hanger. We clean it. You know, it's, we want it all to be neat and tidy when we put it back in our closet, you know, thinking about your closet being like your mind. Um, because the, the whole closet, the messy whole closet is like PTSD and that anytime I walk by, something could fall out on me and it's unexpected and it's unwanted and I don't want that and, and it causes harm and it makes me feel bad and we, you know, we don't want that to happen, but that's how it is because we're just constantly kind of shoving things, trying to put it away, make it go away quick. I can't deal with this. We're trying to close the door quick and just like stay, keep it locked away. That doesn't help us. It doesn't help us process. We got to take everything out. We got to address it. As you go through treatment, we're cleaning the closet. We're putting things away in their proper place so that when, so one, the, the closet door can close. It's not constantly open. So those symptoms, those memories can just seep out whenever they want to. And then you can open that closet. You can look at the nice clean closet. You can say, ah, yeah, it's clean. I'm not overwhelmed. I can handle this. I got this. So when I look at that top shelf, at that box that I put that car accident in because I've worked through it and I've processed it, I can decide if I want to take that car accident off the shelf and then I want to look at it and explore. What that might mean, that might be I decide I want to share that experience with a friend. I decide that I want to, it's okay to think about it, that it's not falling out on me um, when I least expect it, that I didn't hit a pothole in the road and feel like I'm back in Iraq. You know, it's I can hit that pothole and I know that I'm safe and that everything's okay and I'm not brought back into a, a terrorizing experience and feeling like my life is going to end. Um, we want you to be able to do that and that's what treatment can do for you is to clean your closet, help to regulate you, help to work through those difficult experiences and memories so that you can live a more regulated and normal life. Um, so I hope that you hearing some of those analogies and learning a little bit about PTSD is helpful for you, help you can maybe understand yourself, understand your peers and others around you who may be experiencing or have gone through some sort of trauma, have been diagnosed with PTSD, or maybe you su suspect have been diagnosed with PTSD. Um, so the car accident analogy and the closet analogy, I think are, are two very um, good ones that I like to use in my practice when I talk to people about trauma and PTSD. I hope you enjoyed today's talk and feel free to leave any questions or comments and uh, look forward to the next Cultivating Calmness podcast in the future.